Anthony Darby, the Peninsula Podcast. I have the famous Nurse Laura. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? We just mentioned Nurse Laura is now our league leader for her third appearance. She <laughs> is the... Uh, trying to think. Who are some of the SNL folks that do come back all the time? Oh, I, th- I think of John Goodman has been on. <laughs> I think he probably has hosted more than, than most. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Fallon is who I think Jimmy of. Jimmy Fallon, yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite Jimmy Fallon, but... <laughs> exactly. I do a little dance. So... Uh, <laughs> And welcome, welcome back. It's, it's nice to have you. Um, it is chaotic and pandemic times that we bring you back. I'm, try, I'm trying to think. So I know that the last podcast we did was in the quote-unquote Oval Office, I believe, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was that, were both podcasts in that? No. The first one was done Chamber. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's right. I've seen lots of different spaces you for Peninsula. Have, yeah, you really have got to see us uh, <laughs> glow up, as they say. Really? Uh, we started in very, very humble beginnings at Snow Hill, and we lost, I remember having my office taken from me within like 90 days of mm-hmm. it now being storage for something or, you know, something of use for the business. Mary Pat was kicked out within like six months. We were uh, squatting on top of the Chamber of Commerce building, which if you were to go downtown, they've actually knocked down every wall except for the front wall. And they're building potentially the tallest building in Salisbury. It's supposed to be 13 or something crazy levels high. Wow. Um, 13. Called the Ross. (laughs) Called the Ross with a a center green space, like the whole nine yards. Um, so I, I met Nick. I met the, Nick, the guy who's actually trying to bring this thing to light. He's a younger guy like me. He's got a lot of ambition. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to see it happen. But it was a little sad to see them knocked down. Um, that was actually Your starting space. Where, yeah, that was where my very first business that I started was. My office was as well in the okay. bottom floor huh. in like 2010. So I had a lot of history and a lot of sentimental ties to 144 Main Street, uh, the Chamber Building, but. Now we're at Mount Hermon in our full-time location for the next 10 years. No more squatting, no more moving around. Ideally, we have plenty of space to, to grow and continue to serve patients and do what we need to do on the administrative side. So we're really happy to be here, and I'm really excited to bring you here for the first time and show you. you our new space. Really beautiful location, easy to find right off the road. There was signage, uh, really nice. I was greeted when I walked in. I like seeing the Salvation Army bell. Yeah. <laughs> that was it's, nice. Uh, yeah, you're probably going to hear this maybe after Christmas uh, when we actually get this thing out to the public. But, um, yeah, I was so excited. Our local Salvation Army was really inclined to uh, help us out. And we have bell ringers from 10 to 12 on Monday, Wednesday, mm-hmm. and Friday uh, through the season. And um, I just talked to Ty Awesome, one of our patient consultants and wrestler, Um and he said that almost like one out of every two patients was like throwing something in the pot. So like we have a really incredible, incredibly generous patient base. Mm-hmm. Um, they always show up for Toys for Tots. They always show up for the Red Kettle campaign. So it's really, really cool to be able to continue to be like, you know, this beacon of the community, giving back and really changing how folks look at us traditionally as a cannabis dispensary. Yes, you and the dispensary team. I mean, you, Mr. Entrepreneur of the Year, all these different awards you've been getting recently. I feel like I should be interviewing you. No. Uh, <laughs> teamwork makes the dream work. And uh, I honestly had the thought last night 
Um, if any of those guys downstairs are listening, which they probably are not. Um, <laughs> um, a lot of the words that I got this year were, were kind of focused around like myself, but like they were really indicative of everything that the team has done and the transition that those guys have been able to make from not like basically being under resourced in snow at Snow Hill Road, then a pandemic coming, and then like serving patients in a park. It was just like chaotic. And then I bring him in here and say, "Look, we have to be the best in class. We have to be, um, you know, raise the bar of, of anything we've ever delivered before from a patient services standpoint and a customer service standpoint." And they've all bought in, and um, and the campus is like it's really organically growing. So like this morning. We had our first employee-only yoga class this morning pre-work. Wow. Um, so some employees got to de-stress before work and take a class. Um, it's all about building this wellness. And, like, it's crazy down there right now. They're crazy busy. And um, to be able to offer on this campus in one spot, a spot mm. for them to go and, and take that. Thank you, Jerry Miller, as always, um, kind of our our token yoga instructor, mm-hmm. although we have, we have many, mm-hmm. um, Jerry has been an amazing asset to our team and really volunteered to help out as much as possible. So it's coming to life. Yeah. Oh, and I appreciate that you did something for your team. That's so important. So often, you know, it's like the, the plumber doesn't take care of his own plumbing. You know, so often uh, in teams, especially in wellness, nurses are a good example where you can't take care of yourself or you don't make the time to take care of yourself so that you're showing your employees that it's a priority to have their wellness as a consideration and to give them something as an opportunity right here at work. Yeah, I'm trying to practice uh, what I preach and have them do the same because, um, you know, when we had... Um, you know, when Corona really started getting that second uptick and the fear started coming, I kind of had a come in the Jesus moment with everyone and brought them into the room and was just like, this is going to suck. And I don't know when the suck is going to stop. So we have to take care of ourselves and keep ourselves as safe as possible so that we can take care of others because we are essential. We have to do this. Yeah, wear a mask, (laughs) wash your hands. Um, We now COVID bomb the place every two weeks. I mean, we've really implemented... We've we've been on a deep cleaning trend since you know March, um, and also just trying to make sure that um, you know there's no Christmas party this year because well, I have a, a gathering that could be potentially dangerous and we really although we offered the class um, this morning you know there was only a few employees they were all socially distanced we have to be really mindful of everything that we do on the campus now because of COVID which mm-hmm. you know as we get later into the podcast about how it's changed everything i'll go through and share some of the things that we've had to change and, and interested what you've had to do too mm-hmm. so we are here this is a podcast three and now we are in our new space um i wanted to talk a little bit first about what you've been up to so um start with with district first i can tell you that um uh, district cannabis has been a very popular brand mm-hmm. to eastern shore um, our patients have loved their flower, and although I'm not a flower guy, I have really loved the products from MPX mm-hmm. um, featuring uh, the beginning flower from um, District. Um, and so much so that people have really gone out of their way to tell me how, how high of quality it is. And it is a medical market, and I'm a, a stickler for, for that, but their branding is pretty sweet too. I mm-hmm. mean, they do do a good job. I have 
stickers on my water bottle. I noticed the stickers on your water bottle when I walked up. Uh, I have an astronaut on my car, actually. I think um, I think their branding is really neat and cool. So tell me a little bit about what you're doing with them. Um, now tell me like what you guys may how that may change if people were able to see you again <laughs> face yeah. to face. Well, it's really it's an interesting story because when we first started talking about working together, the idea was that I was really going to be out there in D.C. and Maryland doing uh, pop-ups and education classes and events. And then COVID came along (laughs) (laughs) and shut all of that down. Um, But I align so much with the the philosophy of of growing even from my roots in in starting back with Verano and and growing um, when I learned about District Cannabis and their um, the way they were growing, the way they were processing, met uh, Grace and Andrash, and, and I just saw all the work that they were doing. I knew that I wanted to align with them and I wanted to work with them. I really, after starting in a grow, I really was missing that connection to the yeah. plant. And so um, it was really cool to have the opportunity to do something with them, but then COVID came along. And so at first, I just started doing some um, blog articles. If you go to the District Cannabis website, which is like districtcannabis.us, uh, there's an Ask Nurse Laura page. There's a big, huge picture of my face. Nice. <laughs> and then there are a couple of articles that I wrote. Um, I wouldn't say that blog writing is my thing, but when push came to shove and it was a way to keep the relationship going, I took the time and I, I did some writing which was okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd much rather give that presentation. I'd, I'd much like rather give the speech with the infographic yeah. behind me than have to actually put something down. And um, unfortunately, you know, from our marketing department, which is constantly trying to work on getting our website more clicks and these different things, me talking doesn't do too much. Mm-hmm. They really want to see the written version of it. So I've heard um, that recently from them. <laughs> and I, my marketing department too, For right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I think my marketing department's even they asking you to write, write stuff. Yeah. yeah, and I'm capable at writing. I'm good at English, and you know, it's just that I like. I read good. I write well. <laughs> I can spell. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I cannot. And my grammar is horrible, actually. Um, so, so yes. So, um, so that was one way that we started out uh, connecting. And I even had the funniest experience. I don't even know if it ever went anywhere. But they were asking me to do something related to, like, cooking and, like, a cooking lesson with cannabis. And I really hadn't done a lot of that previously. And so uh, it was COVID, so we weren't coming into a studio. So I uh, purchased uh, some of their CBD RSO in DC as a medical patient. And I made CBD brownies for the first time ever. And I videotaped it and talked all the way through it. How were they? (laughs) And then I sent it to them. I don't think it ever went anywhere. But it was a good experience. It was fun. I got to try it. I learned that so, someday the when you're rich and RSO famous, they'll be like you know your outtakes. Uh, I have these little. How would they taste? They tasted fine. I mean, you really couldn't taste with the CB with the RSO. You really couldn't Good. taste it. Yeah. My concern, really, and now that I've done a little more research, I really do understand that. Um, probably, I still baked off a, a lot of the terps because I. I lowered the temperature, but I don't think I lowered it enough. I think the most important part, and and you can correct me if you know better, this is less medical, but I I think it's that um, 
you have to just keep the, the cooking temperature like longer and lower so that you're not, you know, either converting the THC to CBN or just baking off all the terpenes, like those sorts of things. So I think I might have so um, had my temperature up too high. Let's go down a rabbit hole for one second. So um, <laughs> why not? If uh, one thing that I've recently seen a lot of folks do with the terp sap is they'll put it almost at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're preserving all the terpenes and it's not getting heated at all and it's staying intact. So almost putting it in icing and then putting the icing on a brownie or something like that. And I think that really is, that would be ideal, is to put it in the icing or right. in the topping. The more research that I'm doing, and I'm not Dr. Hoffman or even a nurse lawyer, I'm just some poor man's Anthony Darby. Um, <laughs> Eating terpenes does not equate to the same thing as inhalation inhalation with terpenes. And I'm not sure that it matters a whole bunch. And Mm -hmm. like my personal experience with edibles, um, besides the awakening tabs from um, Curio, I would say would really be the exception. There's very few cannabis products that I find stimulating. The Wano Sativa gummies don't stimulate me. Um, And then all the other... Um, they cannabis products they, they just make me uh, relax it's, mm-hmm. it's always very much a sedative feeling um, that, so, and, that makes and, sense to and, me and because of the brand. 11 hydroxy THC yes. conversion in your belly like that does make sense that's what we would expect so like the people. Incredibles brand really boasts this model the same thing that I'm saying mm-hmm. and basically saying that that's why it's okay to use high quality distillate not a lot of terpenes in it that are burnt off because it doesn't really matter when you're eating it. The THC is, is the active chemical component when you're eating it that you're really looking for, not limonene or, or you know, mm-hmm. pining. Aren't they advertising, though, like a daytime and a nighttime gummy? Like what that's got CBN in it. That's because of the CBN. Okay. Which that's, is smart. That's how they're, they're adding that to make... Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, CBN it's a, is great it's 10, it's 10 milligrams of THC and 2 milligrams of CBN. And... <laughs> I, uh, they gave us these, I'm actually wearing incredible socks right now. They're super cool. And, uh, they gave us these boxes and other places do this too. Um, the, the label says, so it wasn't a label of a product. It was just like a a one pager flyer. And what I saw, and I just glanced at it was a hundred milligrams of THC and 20 milligrams of CBN. And I was thinking, good One. So I screenshot like it. Not like we haven't seen that on the market before. I fired off a text at Mary Pat, <laughs> and in her haste of seeing just me send this to her, fires the email off to the entire team. Like no one give this to anyone without <laughs> I, like significantly telling them to cut them in like tens. And like <laughs> Cody responds back, "Hey, uh, it's a uh, ten milligrams per gummy." Too. <laughs> I was like, oh, my bad. Thought we were gonna like put down like a you know a mule. Jesus. Do you remember way back when, I think, I, I won't say the brand, even though I can think of the brand in my head, but a brand put out 100 milligram RSO capsules accidentally. I, like, I, I don't think it was on purpose. Um, and, and it was a mess, and some people wanted them. <laughs> I, um, that's like my max. Like, I... Um, that's the most I've, I've, I took. A, I just took the strawberry peach one time and just said, What happens if you take all 10 at one time? Mm-hmm. And um, it was pretty relaxing, but it was definitely intense. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I just slept. Like I, like I said, and I just don't like. That's not typically when I use cannabis. That's not what I'm looking for. I don't. Ha, I, I'm normally busy enough. There's not enough hours in a day for me to get enough sleep that I need. It's not hard to fall asleep. You don't have a you, problem falling. If you give me a pillow, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not like that. I'm a night owl. I could use. In fact, um, that's something I really wanted to talk to you a little bit about. As part of the Peninsula Wellness Campus, you know, I see that you you have these like sleep bundles, and you're 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 working on things that have to do with some melatonin and uh, magnesium supplements, which yeah. I know magnesium is good for relaxing and sleep. So and, we, and that's a lot of what I do when I'm consulting with patients. You know, we're talking about Peninsula's Hemp Drive CBD and the Wana CBD gummies. We're talking about cannabis in the dispensary. And then we're talking about supplements and, and relaxation exercises and really the total wellness package. That's why we're nurse, so great together. <laughs> yeah. and you're, So if you don't know, um, Nurse Laura represents our holistic CBD brand on the other side of the bridge and works with physicians and practitioners over there. And then also individual folks that are looking to get CBD. Um, but we all believe that it, it's a combination of some tools and then behavioral modifications and activities that you can do. Um, but I've been really impressed down, you mentioned some of the things. So we have three signature packages. We have a be well, feel well, sleep well. Be well is about mental health. It comes uh, with a journal to encourage journaling and some mm-hmm. of these different activities that we think could really help along with two 15-minute consultations with Donnie. So when you know, if you want to give the box to, let's say, mom, mom gets the box. The first thing she's going to do is be able to call in and talk to someone who's really educated about the products uh, for 15 minutes to get an idea how to start, where to go. And then in 10 to 14 days, she can call back and give back her experience and really let us know how it's going. Provide with a dosing journal. If she's diligent enough to fill the dosing journal, they can provide those results back to us. We can really do a much better job of cutting down these dosing changes and modifications and titrating up and down um, through a more hands-on consultative approach. Mm-hmm. Um, the sleep well comes with a sleep mask. It comes with um, a, ca- a candle that we actually work with, Unwind Candle Company out of mm-hmm. Carroll County. Shout out to Dave Neath and Unwind Candle Company uh, okay. for a great sleep-based can- a candle. And then, um, of course, our tincture as well. Mm-hmm. Um, great gr- Christmas gift, too. It is a great Christmas gift. The, the, New Year's but the gift. next top-selling item that we have, honestly, bes- outside of our, and this is true, our tincture and our balms are still our number, number one selling items. But sleep support from Curio, mm-hmm. um, which to your point, it has some melatonin, it has some passion flower, it has um, a couple other supplements. It's really reasonably priced. It mm-hmm. is uh, $20 for a 60-day supply, 60, 60 capsules. Oh, wow. And most folks are taking a capsule in the evening. Um, and we're hearing that their THC um, need is, has been reduced. They're, they're, I'm hearing that they're sleeping... Um, longer like mm-hmm. more uh, the iterations of them waking up have been cut down and it's been really and there's a relaxation support which is next to sleep support is the next thing that we, we do a lot of so mm-hmm. curio has been a great partner um with their uh, supplement line that we're really proud to carry and then seeking health gives us the other additional um top supplements like the uh magnesium mm-hmm. and some of the vitamin, vitamin d, d mm-hmm. zinc yeah I mean, right now, again, with COVID, yeah. it, it's a good time to be thinking about those sort of supplements. I think, uh, I hope many people are probably adding more of those things normally during the winter, but especially with 
the COVID situation, it seems like having some of those supports uh, make even more sense for, for most people. I'm uh, One thing that we're in a process of exploring downstairs, um, we've, we've identified a vendor now who we feel really comfortable with. We've really gone through their lab tests um, and their methodology on how they test their products. Um, but somebody's dealt the eight products. And mm-hmm. I'm curious your thoughts on that. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> My concern is that patients get confused. There are so many different things. And the more we have, if don't have the type of support that you have in your dispensary and the wellness center, uh, patients don't know what to do. And they get confused and then they don't know what to expect and they don't know what to take. And so... I mean, I've read the science. I think that there definitely sounds like Delta 8 products um, could be beneficial and, you know, maybe we have more availability. And I, I think there's some benefit. Yeah, I don't, to me, it's like a minor cannabinoid, right? Mm-hmm. It, 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 there seems to be some applicability for it in some different um, applications. I don't know how long it'll stay in this influx of legality. Mm-hmm. With people testing positive on drug tests with Delta 8 and things yeah. like that, I think very quickly there'll be some higher level of regulation coming down the road, which doesn't affect us because you we're have just, it covered we're on both care, sides. Yeah, covered right. on both sides, right? Which is one yeah. of the big things that benefits that we have. Um, but it is, um, it's interesting that it's getting like a lot, I think a lot of the hype is is probably unnecessary, but I do think there's some applicability there, and we're going to explore it a little bit. Um, it seems with pediatric patients and just different patients, um, you know, we're at the point now where we get a lot of the special cases. We get a lot of the more complex cases where mm-hmm. it's not just like I have arthritis in my right knee and I want to go to sleep, which strange I spoke before right. I go to bed. It's 15 prescriptions and every Mm -hmm. doctor there and silent diseases and you know all the fun stuff yeah well and and again that's why i do what i do and that's why you have mary pat and thankfully mary pat's a pharmacist not a nurse but mary pat has the background and the knowledge and takes the time and the effort um, as a healthcare professional and that's really important I, i really am grateful i mean obviously it's my business model so it's important to me but i'm grateful that the commission is requiring clinical directors yeah. uh, moving forward for dispensaries and i hope that most dispensaries choose a clinical director that's actually going to do some work and not just check a box that's the biggest thing that i sell myself on yeah. not only do i have the medical background which i, I really think understanding uh, the wellness piece, which, which many lay people can do. You are a great example of that. Also understanding the medical conditions, the background, also understanding the medications and interactions, particularly with herbal and natural supplements. There's, there's a greater risk with some natural supplements than there are with cannabis interactions with traditional medications. I had... Um... <laughs> I had kidney surgery mm-hmm. where I, you know, it was something, and I post a picture of my mango ginger uh, chews, basically boasting that I don't need any pills, and someone's like, do you know there's turmeric in there, and you shouldn't have turmeric pre-surgery? I was like, 
I'm gonna die of turmeric. Like all this weed. Like I just took enough weed to put down, you know, a horse, and I was gonna need the turmeric that's gonna get me like. Right. But you're right. There are, and that's maybe a poor example, but um, there it, are. It's an example though, there, because in example. super high doses, yeah. it's a blood thinner, and so maybe you shouldn't take a blood thinner before surgery. Right. Yes. Yeah. Did you probably take enough to cause a problem? No, I don't no. think so. Right. But and let's say like how CBD interacts with, with a lot of medications, Coumadin. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could CBD interact with medications? Yeah, it could, but typically we don't see it until incredibly high doses. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to the clinical director thing. I do hope um, that we see a pattern of where things get cleaned up a little bit. Some of these dispensaries that have leaned a, a lot more towards the rec side at least will accommodate patients that need a medical uh, expert and need some help. I think it is interesting um, and really important to have both sides of the puzzle. I think that if I were to say one of the things that makes me unique in my job is that I've had a lot of history in cannabis. I've Mm -hmm. had a lot of history in business. Mm -hmm. And my navigating of both of those things at the same time makes me kind of a, a unique person same with dr hoffman who understands cannabis more so than than most people but then also has this whole other knowledge base of pharmaceuticals and how traditional medicine kind of works with multiple providers and and right. you have that same that same background and that's why i think you're so valuable um to patients because so many of our patients are just siloed out um if they we uh, we did a, a patient survey mm-hmm. um, to see how we were doing on the wellness side, and one of the comments was, uh, "I'm currently undergoing chemotherapy at the hospital," and I was dumbfounded was the word she used that they had no clue that I could be co-treating uh, at your facility as well. They had no clue on how to help me or how to answer any of my questions. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's the case with a lot of our patients. Even if you think about how they're getting their certification, you know, they're not going to their primary care for doctor. They're not going to their, their typical specialist. They're typically going to a cannabis doctor, cannabis certifier who stands by themselves, who's probably not talking to their primary care doctor in, in all these cases. So you being able to to walk these patients through and help them understand what it's like on the other side of the coin outside of the dispensary, like, hey, when you go back to your, your primary care physician, tell them this. Yes. When you go back to your cardiologist or you go back to you, whoever you're going to see, your neurologist, these are some of the markers and this is how you can speak to them and share with them in their lingo and in their language so it doesn't sound like, hey, man, I went to the dispensary and got some great weed. Yeah. Um, we had a patient whose doctor did not believe that um, CBD could lower her blood sugar levels or help not, not necessarily lower them, um, but allow impact her to positively. Keep impact them positively. <laughs> to be so she started correct. journaling like a mad woman mm-hmm. and stopped taking her medication and only uh, with with the doctor. Okay. Just, just stop, Dr. This is the part where I take a timeout and say, Dr. Hoffman does not endorse anything. <laughs> No, um, but she did. She slowed down her medication with the doctor's help, and they had they had a program. But she was only able to get the doctor's help once she posted a positive number and was able to show, hey, look, these are the readings, and this is mm-hmm. the only thing that I'm doing differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, go ahead. Yeah. So it's a really interesting thing. That's actually why I love what I'm doing the most right now, is because sometimes in talking to a patient because I can take the time, 
especially COVID actually has been a little bit of a blessing on this because we have a little more time. We're talking by phone or by Zoom and people can include other people on the Zoom if they want to that previously wouldn't have been able to come into the dispensary, uh, depending on where we are in the dispensary. And um, we are looking at the whole person and all of the doctors and, and almost it's like case management. In the, so when a psychiatric patient is out of control, for example, they need to go inpatient. Most often, best way to get them figured out is to put them in the hospital so you can monitor them 24-7 and figure out what medications they need that are going to get them kind of back on track and release them. So with cannabis and then all these other comorbidities and all these other medications, to have one person that you can talk to and you can talk to them about all the different medications and all the different doctors and all the different things they're recommending non-medically too and talk about your cannabis and have someone who can understand and just kind of follow it ha has been immeasurable really that that doesn't I can't report that out for your bottom line because I do like I have the business background the MBA and the nursing and um and but the the like I believe we're saving lives what's happening is uh I'll be talking to someone about something and then I'll say oh well didn't you say your mother this and didn't you why don't you consider asking your doctor this question? And then, you know, the two weeks later they call me and they're like, oh my gosh, I had a test. I have this, you know, yeah. I have an autoimmune disorder. I didn't even know. And so we're uncovering things because it's one whole person, which that's what they teach us in nursing school. Nursing is all about the whole person. It's not about a test result. It's not about a number. It's not about a fever. It's about a whole person. And so, um, I really feel like I'm like back to the roots of doing the most important work. You think about the nurse's role. There's 15 doctors. You get the one nurse a day, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Like yeah. today, my your, your nurse's name and she writes her name on the board and who's helping me is this person. And then the 15 doctors come in right. and tell the one nurse. It's kind of like mom, you know, yeah. <laughs> like but mom that's what's, that's what's lacking so much. And, you know, I come from a, a personal you know, background where I was caretaker for my father. Um, and he was on 15 to 20 prescriptions. Um, and then something would happen where he wouldn't monitor his um, uh, cumulant, his blood, his blood thinner. So now we're in the hospital, right? Because they mm -hmm. got to get it right. So they, they take his intake. Mr. Darby, what pills and prescriptions are you on? Like my dad's going to rip off the 20 prescriptions <laughs> by name, by milligram and dosing time that he's being fed mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. No way. Mm -hmm. So then it gets modified, right? And then the doctors come in because while you're there, the mom's will get you looked at by everybody. And every cardiologist stops by and right. says, "Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm gonna get while you're here. I'm gonna get this test done. Get this test done. Next thing you know, like, okay, uh, we're gonna discharge you now. And here's you know seven different prescription changes, you know, and um, but you only saw half your specialist. And just it was like. And then we go to the primary care doctor, and he'd be like, "Okay, here's here's a prescription list. Well, why take it? You you should be taking all these. We're like, how's he going to know, man? He's yeah. not a pharmacist. I mean, it really is confusing, and and really, with and that's all not the, an uncommon story. Like that's like that's the, that's the narrative. Mm -hmm. What a lot of a lot of sick people face, especially, and this is something I keep coming back to, and, and it's it's bad to say this, but because of the way that prescriptions are paid for. Um, meaning that there's not typically a lot of out-of-pocket charges for the most part for a mm -hmm. lot of prescriptions. 
your own 20 prescriptions that cost you $20 a month. You don't ask a ton of questions. Yeah. You know, with us, an eighth of cannabis is $45, $50. They want to know everything about it. They want to know, you know, it's their, your financial commitment to that product is much greater and such that you're, you're more tied to it. When these prescriptions are given at a dollar a clip, there's no real tie to it. And it, it doesn't necessarily drive discipline of using the prescription as it's intended. Especially if it has side effects that you don't like. Mm-hmm. I just I just think that you know somehow people even though they're so cheap they're tired of it and they are they're moving away from it. they're mm-hmm. saying there's a reason why someone's paying for this and giving it to me as opposed to like yeah. and and again uh, you guys Peninsula Wellness offering the service of being able to follow up and talk to someone about that package of your health is so important because there are patients that go to dispensaries. They go one time, they get a bunch of stuff. It's their last ditch effort. They tried everything. They come here, they get their card. Maybe not here, they go somewhere. And then they buy a whole bunch of stuff. They try it once or twice, have a negative reaction or no reaction, and then they give up and never come back. And what we've just done is taken away their hope because cannabis, that card, was the last green hope and now it's gone. Yeah. But with a medical, a healthcare, someone with some knowledge and background, to follow up with them. That follow-up is so important. Like I have had uh, people wanting to do contract work with me because just, so the way my business works is I work with multiple dispensaries, grow facility. I actually only work with the one grow district cannabis. Um, at doctors, I work with a, a group, uh, Mary Jane Consults, that does uh, the cannabis Certification. certifications. However, they actually have trained under Dustin Sulak. They do a full on hour long evaluate they do a real evaluation and they refer their patients to me Uh, for a little while they were even covering a part of my time to follow up with the patient because I still am closer to what's offered in the dispensary than they are sure you know that's the hard part see there's there's so many pieces of bridging that gap and the one other piece that we didn't really address yet is knowing what's available so there are lots of people that have the background in medicine have the background in cannabis but if you're in Pennsylvania, you can't tell me what's available at the dispensary That at, was uh, in Maryland. It's less challenging now mm-hmm. because we have so many SKUs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a challenge. But in the beginning, the doctors would take their online continuing education course their one time and they would come back. And they would start throwing these things at me like, page would come in, I need a 32 to 1 ratio. Right, I'm like, right. all right, weigh out 32 grams of this. Yeah. <laughs> Go find some CBD from the pharmacy and mix them together. Like, what do you mean? Like, I'm, I have three strains of flour to sell right now. You want right. a 32 to 1 ratio. Like, um, and, and they would come in like this, like you tell the same doctor was just running off the same like mm-hmm. thing every time. So you're right. It's, it's, it's not just understanding the traditional uh, medical needs of what these patients have and the environment they're coming from. It's not just understanding cannabis, but it's also understanding the exact environment in which the patient faces in terms of is there flour, is there not flour, are there mm-hmm. access to products. Even patients in Maryland have different access issues depending on where you live. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's been an interesting thing again since COVID. Um, I have had the opportunity with the patients, like we'll be on Zoom and I'll have them share their screen and we'll pull up a dispensary menu. And most of the time, if especially if the dispensary is paying me, not the patient, because sometimes patients pay me directly for my time. Sometimes I have a contract with the dispensary. But if the dispensary is paying me, I will try to get to the patient to a point 
and then refer them back to the dispensary staff. So they're not paying for my time sure. to just be shopping. But they need right. to get to a place where they have enough information. And for a short time, when COVID first started and everyone was swamped, it even made sense for me to help the patients do some of that kind of stuff just because it helped to get the orders in. So um, happy to be seeing patients face-to-face again. Yeah. I mean, we went almost 90 days without allowing anyone in the building uh, at Snow Hill. And that's what we pride ourselves on is this hand-to-hand combat of these patients that are in the in the trenches trying to get better and we can take the time and talk to them. And um, it was just so tough to do in a curbside setting. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's great to be back doing that. And it's sad that, it's not, I shouldn't say sad, but it, to you, it wasn't the intention of the MMCC to ever not have clinical directors lead these suspensories. Um, they got out lawyered by, by industry. Um, but the, the knowledge and the, the approach that you bring and that we bring, it really isn't necessarily the norm and or what the majority of patients have access to. So mm-hmm. um, I hope that with the new clinical director position that, you know, eventually some of the, the folks that get these titles will ha- hold themselves to a level of standard and say, okay, well, if you're going to be on my roster representing me, you're going to have to change X, Y, and Z to be more in line. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope that's what we see. Yeah, I hope so too. That, that's been a little bit of a challenge for me is I have had some opportunities uh, to, to work with people who had a different mission uh, for what they wanted to do with the clinical director and still meeting the requirements and still a, a good person, good dispensary, nothing wrong. Just we had a different philosophy on how the clinical dis, uh, director role would be fulfilled and and I, at first, was just like, okay, no, thank you. There, there are other people you have, people that cost probably a third of my fee that could fill that role for you, meet the bare minimum requirement, check a box. Uh, that's not what I want to do. But what has happened over time is, as I've talked to more of the dispensaries, once I really get on the call with the decision maker and I explain to them what the difference is and that... Really, again, I, I would love to have like actual reports and numbers to prove it to the business person. But I think generally, when you really you bring on a patient, you engage that patient, they know they have that support. Not only are they, even though they have the choice to go anywhere, going to consistently shop with you, I, I think they, in the end, buy more products because it's so easy without even thinking. I usually have patients getting at least a topical and if they're only using THC, adding some CBD and adding something for breakthrough and adding the bad day stuff. And like, we just start layering up that toolbox because I'm like, yes, we may be able to help you decrease or get off of five to 10 prescription medications but we're gonna take this one plant and give you five or six options of ways to use that one plant in a variety of products. So it it still can impact your bottom line better and give you a reliable customer base. For me, it's about the understanding like the patient journey. And I honestly believe that um, a patient that comes into the market either from a traditional street user or um, a new patient and doesn't heed our advice and just goes after high THC products, they all seem to meet this end burnout stage where the products that they're having to use become more and more expensive. The effects become less and less um, dialed into what they were hoping to achieve. And 
this medicine no longer becomes really a viable thing for them to do versus patients that come in and they take a, a f- approach of first thing I'm going to do is see what happens when I add CBD into my life. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to understand where I, I need to baseline my CBD usage because typically CBD usage needs to be a daily driver. This is not something that you're just going to use on a Friday night or it doesn't work like that, right? So get a baseline, understand, go ahead and fill out your application, get, get the ball rolling to get your car going, but start that CBD use for 30 days before you use any THC. Mm-hmm. Then titrate in, add in THC as needed, whether it's through a topical balm, whether it's through a vape pen, whether it's through flour, whether it's through whatever method of administration you want to go through. But don't just go in there, see the board, say 31's higher than 24, that one, Mm -hmm. and then start yourself off where you're just immediately blowing your tolerance and immediately just blowing your endocannabinoid system. The whole thing is homeostasis. The whole thing is balance. Mm-hmm. If all you're doing is just flooding it with one single chemical compound at the endocannabinoid system, you're not going to get the what you're trying to achieve. So, I'm trying to to, to I'm trying to build patience to be with me for the long haul. Yes. And I think the way to do that, to your point, is to really focus on the ECS, really focus on the endocannabinoid system, and try to understand how do I balance this. For someone who's not sleeping, what balance does that look like? Well, maybe it means CBN. Maybe it means a little THC. It means focusing on, on ter- uh, terpenes like linalool and, um, and myrcene and things like that. Mm-hmm. Just understanding a really more detailed approach to, to balancing the endocannabinoid system to get the health outcome that we're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always come from just ripping 10 ball hits of the highest yeah. THC. Well, and tolerance out. breaks. Like when you actually get the opportunity to talk to a patient and explain to them how they're going to benefit themselves and their endocannabinoid system if they take tolerance breaks routinely rather than just once in a while when they just, you know, get sick or something. Like you really can keep yeah. your tolerance lower, which therefore means you spend less money and you get better relief. I have had some amazing conversations that have taken a break, which they maybe never had in the past and then come back and they're like, oh my gosh, I got a high again. You know? Yeah, and it doesn't so take long. <laughs> and that's what's, I mean, it really doesn't. I mean, depending on, I mean, some folks need to take weeks some folks can live I mean, like myself honestly i can go 24 hours and it's almost like a night and day reset switch for me mm-hmm. um and i also have noticed the difference when i space out so i i um you know always try to have at least a 12 hour gap in the nighttime before the morning time before i i use cannabis and i found that 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 typically gives me when I, so when i use it the first time in the morning i'm getting that same desired effect almost every time I've been on the same regiment now for over a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all starts with CBD in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my THC product that I use that day depends upon the day. So am I stuck in an office all day where I have spreadsheets to look at and things like that, then maybe I'll go pining and maybe I'll have something that, that, that will have me more engaged. Am I doing a podcast today? I'm probably going to go limonene, probably something a little bit more flexible so I'm not so stressed out, more relaxed. Um, but it's, it's hopefully you don't feel stressed out talking. I to me. do not, <laughs> I do not at all. But it's 40 milligrams of CBD every morning. I mean, mm-hmm. that's and I was at 60 and I cut back a little bit just because um, it's expensive for everybody, right? So I was mm-hmm. curious to see what was what would happen if I went. I went from 30 to 60, which was a really high jump, but at 30, 
at the time, whether it was or wasn't, I didn't really feel like it was, I was getting the desired results. And then I jumped to 60, and I also took a tolerance break, and I played with the THC, and then I was able to really identify, because just like with prescriptions, man, if you're throwing 10 things at your body every day, mm-hmm. and 10 things could be sugar, it could be caffeine, it could be, you really break down what you're putting into your body, mm-hmm. you're not necessarily getting a good gauge on how things are. So cut sugar, cut sugar, cut sugar out completely but i really tried to reduce the amount of sugar that i put into my body overall were were you like a soda drinker not for probably three or four years um but stress eating sweets to be completely honest with you i saw there was a cool donut shop on the way here but i didn't stop oh on the right hand side there is um and there's a there's a local place called sugar rush by Teresa that's only open on friday and saturdays but like Mm. Her lineup is just out of control of cookies and <laughs> cakes and brownies and mm. like that's my mo. And we have Island Creamery. There's no shortage of places to go fulfill your stress if you want to eat, uh-huh. um, but that's not good. And um, <laughs> uh, my weight would fluctuate, you know, 15, 20 pounds or previously over years depending upon how right. stressed and, out. And three or, to five pounds is considered somewhat normal, but 15 to 20 is not healthy for your yeah, body. Yeah, I would always, I would literally balance between 200 to 220 depending, like you could look at my face and see how things were going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I started intermittent fasting around February. That's been, um, my, my weight has been overly consistent, even through COVID, even through everything with utilizing that. Mm-hmm. And I basically, I'm looking at the clock now because I'm hungry. I typically start <laughs> around noon, it's cut, time, off, I'm allowed cut to off around eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find it be less bloated. I feel like I have more energy. It works for me. I know it's not for everyone. I'm not ever saying it's, it's the end all be all. But for me, especially with my schedule, being busy in the morning, it's easy for me to get from eight to 12 and not worry about food when I'm Mm-hmm. talking to you you know it's so interesting i know this is a little bit of i guess a sidebar with talking about nutrition but it's wellness right so yeah. we're all uh i have always been a fan of breakfast right let's for the longest time it's been you have to start your day with breakfast breakfast is brain food don't skip breakfast and so when intermittent fasting first came around i i read lots of articles on wellness like uh, that's something i've been passionate about my whole life and um, I was like, oh, it's just another one of those fad diets. And I, I, so I really, I would read the stuff and not really pay a lot of attention. But really in the past, since COVID, I've been paying more attention because people that I know and respect have really done amazing things with their health, not just their weight. Because to your point, it's really important. Like there are many things that you could do that you'll lose weight on, but are you suffering in other ways yeah, do you get more energy do you feel yeah. better like, right are you actually healthier yeah. and and there really is a, a lot of research that i've been reading recently that it really is supportive of um intermittent fasting and i really think that part of the reason for it and this is just the me piece not from a research article is that historically right yeah this, you, this you, you know, right historically they, didn't, get to they, eat they didn't have the hours a day right just like they didn't have no, google man. you sat and, down and you ate what you shot that day and you went out and find something else to shoot like right. this is that's the primal instinct to me i just feel like my stomach is better at digesting food for a limited period of time a day than mm. to just keep it running if it was a you know I mean, if it's a car mm. you wouldn't keep it running all day right. long but if you had diabetes or another that that another disease process you would need to eat something because you're and and so you would know that so again it's just important like we said about mary pat and she's not you know enforcing anything Uh, you know it's the same way with this i'm not saying that everybody should use intermittent fasting i don't think it works for everyone 
but I can see, at least now I can sort of value and appreciate why for some people, and even if it's for a short term, it could work. And also that um, some of the programs with it that I've looked at, there are different ranges, yes. right? So there's, you change the amount of hours and, you know, and you can be flexible. So if it's a holiday so or yeah, it's a my weekend. My mom comes down like you, twice a month. Right. Um, and we go to breakfast on Sunday morning. I'm eating at breakfast. Like I'm not going to not, you know what I mean? So right. the, and that's what I not like about it. It doesn't have to be like, but then, you know, back to Monday, it's, it's back to noon again. So mm-hmm. it's just like, I don't know. It's worked for me. So let's end on a couple of things. So for me, I'll just give off a couple of mine. Um, I, so February, March, when things got crazy, I changed my diet to make sure that I think because I was just trying to brace myself for like the shit storm that was about to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, oh, let's open a new business, you know, during the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I changed uh, my diet a little bit with intermittent fasting. I really tried to buy into the breathing um, and I'll say like yoga slash put them all together movement. So, um, I had a trainer for a while, but we, we increased what we were doing and then I got a lot more diligent and actually found for the first time, I actually enjoy going to the gym on my own. Now it seems that like the outside world got so crazy that believe it or not, actually lifting weights was more enjoyable than dealing with the oh, outside yeah. world and people. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that's heavy, but you know what? I, no one's, no one's asking anything <laughs> of me. Like, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that movement has been really helpful to me in both just feeling better and keeping my energy levels high. Um, I think those are probably the two biggest things that I've done. And, of course, you know, just everything else. With I started taking zinc a couple of weeks ago just when I saw some articles supporting uh, it for your immune system at around this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Yeah, it's a good question. So it's so interesting when this all started um, coming out in like January, I was like, hmm, you know, just kind of waiting to see. But then in March, when we had the four weeks of closure, um, I was panicked on the on the inside a little because I am such a people person. And my whole everything I was doing, I was doing tours at dispensaries for healthcare providers and bringing nurses to grow facilities and doing education classes on site. And uh, all of this was now, I just kept getting cancel after cancel after cancel. Uh, So um, that was business-wise, but then personally too, um, I am a people person. I'm that person that has the craziest, busiest Monday through Friday week. And what I want to do on Friday night is go be with more people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, let me go. Even if I'm not drinking, like I just want to go be out in a crowd with a bunch of people and then I feel better. I get energy from that. And so to be told that I had to stay home... And, you know, things at home were a little shaky, so it wasn't like, and I don't have siblings, and my kids aren't there all the time, so that was scary, and and I had a a moment of like, oh my gosh, like, what am I, how am I going to deal with this? Um, But it's so interesting, because somehow this pandemic has helped me to find peace with okay, I can hang out with Nurse Laura. Like, Laura can hang out with Laura, and it can feel good. Yeah. And and as things started to lighten up a little, I almost felt myself wanting to protect that space that I had created for myself that was my own little time. And not even, like, some big pampering self-care type of thing. Just not so, anything just, dramatic. Just quiet, right? Just being okay to, to have dinner alone at home and want to, like, cook a meal for me. Not 
to serve to a bunch of people or not to need to go out. Like I, I'm not, I drink so little, but I do enjoy a good craft IPA, a double IPA, like a New England IPA. I'm really particular with what I'm going to drink, when I'm going to drink it. Like a double cannon or no? Uh, like a double New England IPA is like, I like a strong IPA. I'll drink like half of it, but I really enjoy it. But I, okay. in the past, I only started drinking after mm-hmm, age. Like I was already old when I learned to drink. And, um, but I really, really enjoy it. And what happened was once I couldn't go somewhere or be with other people, I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to drink alone. Well, so I found this kind of like, it's okay. I can have a little beer alone and put some music on and have my own little dance party because I love to dance. And, and I just embraced this whole new piece of myself that I'm so grateful to the pandemic for because if I have the opportunity to be with people in the past, I would have always chosen that first. Even if it's just other my kids sure. or something. Uh, but now I'm like, no, you know, I'm going to go over here and do my thing, you know, whatever that's it awesome. is. And so that's been a really good thing. Um, nutrition wise, I don't know that it was directly related to the pandemic, but one of the things that I've added is collagen powder to my coffee. I don't know, I'm getting older and it's supposed to help with skin and wrinkles and stuff. I've heard <laughs> but, of that before because... Um, and I, it's protein. Some people do that while like intermittent fasting. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll use that as like a little holdover to get through. Mm-hmm. Because it has some vitamins. Uh, you Does know, it taste it, like creamer at all? Or? It, it tastes like nothing. Like I don't even notice. If you put it in black coffee, you can't even see. I do put cream in my coffee. So it blends right in. And what I found is because it has some protein in it, I, I used to be big on breakfast, but now that coffee kind of fills me up. So I, I generally end up fasting in the morning, but I also move my lunchtime up a little bit. Yeah. You know, and like today on the way here, I had like a half of a fig bar or something because I was like, ooh, it's going to be probably a little bit on the later side. I don't want to feel, you know, I, I'm sensitive to food, so I don't want to feel like lightheaded or something. Right. You know, you need to feel well. But And then drinking water. Uh, the I think I being do, home. I try to do that a lot too. Being home, it's it's harder to pay attention to drinking water. Whereas when I was always on the go, I would be grabbing water constantly. And so I really try to remind myself and other people. Oh, you're feeling. Have you had some water? Like, oh, you're. Have you had some water? Are you the yeah, have a glass so, of water? So anyone mentions a headache around you, you're like, hey, have you have some water? Some... <laughs> yep. Do you need some water? <laughs> Your blood pressure needs some water. Yeah, I'm a, a huge fan of water. I love it. <laughs> Just water out of the tap. Big big tip of the day. Get some Drink of that. Get some of that tap water. Wear, your wear mask, a mask. Wash your hands. You CBD again. <laughs> and CBD a day. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. <laughs> uh, where can folks find you um, when they want to find Nurse Laura? Mm. Uh, the website is uh, rnforwellness.com. The four is the number four. Uh, Nurse Laura wellness.com. Yeah, Nurse Laura at nurse uh, rnforwellness.com uh, I'm on Instagram at nurselaurabn I think but um, if you type rn for wellness in Google I think I come up still which is good <laughs> thank you so much for coming oh and District Cannabis you can always do the Ask Nurse Laura yeah, if you haven't been to District Cannabis website go check them out districtcannabis.us yeah, see, see big nurse, nurse Laura's smiling face yes, welcome you can ask you. questions um, and uh, ideally, you'll be able to find a blog from Nurse Laura sometime at PeninsulaWellness.com. <laughs> by the end of January. As maybe. well, by the end of January. You heard it here. 
Um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. It's always a good time. Thank you. Lots of fun. Take thank care. You, thank you.